Welcome to Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. C.H. Siddons. Hey, what's up? <laughs> All right. Good morning, DJ. Hello. Sorry. Anyway. On the on the first I was told t- that I was told that I wasn't excited enough to well, greet you all. You did a great job. And Mr. Peter Crable. Uh, hello. I, I'm not sure how I can top that, but hey. Hey, <laughs> hey, Mr. Craves. Ed's Not Dead is brought to you by Pulp Education, a full-service educational media company specializing in leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Ed's Not Dead PC and check out the website and the world-famous Equity Sticks article on edsnotdead.com. <laughs> Just want to say we're hitting almost four to 500 downloads per episode. Really? Just saying. How does that compare historically, Mr. Siddons? Well, we used to get excited with 100 downloads. Per oh, I, I do. I remember that. I remember the. I remember the number 100. We would. We, we would, would be break, psyched about break that. the three digits. Uh, another right. another article or not article, but um, episode that came up was our interview from a couple seasons ago with Matt Mingle on um, like the social well being and emotional well being of teachers. And how to take care of teachers, which is even more prevalent now. Uh, so definitely check that out. It's pre-pandemic, but um, a lot of the things he talks about. He was the uh, uh, superintendent from a, a small district in New Jersey, a township, I should say. Uh, That's right. So yeah, check that one out too. Is it is it terrible that I generally have no recollection of the guests that we've had <laughs> on over five five seasons? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have people. I have people that someone came up to terrible. me yesterday and they said, "Hey, I listened to your episode about." Oh my goodness! It was something about teachers, and I, I can't remember what it was, but she mentioned something that we were talking about, and I was like, "Oh, geez, I hope I didn't say anything bad." <laughs> and she said, well, "No, no, you didn't. It was good. It was good." I was like, "Okay, good." Well, we are going to talk about one former guest tonight on the show that I do remember. Uh, that would be one Robert Pondicio, and <laughs> his his uh, his work tends to get uh, co-host Mr. Siddons fairly fired up, right? Well, I I scheduled him as a guest initially, and he years. was a and he was a great guest. He was, and then yep. you know we we did at the end of the show say we should get you back on. And in the, in the pre in the preceding months, I, I since I make the guest invitations, he will not be invited back on. The well, show. I was I was gonna <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say uh, his his piece in Flypaper. Not everyone's on board with turning schooling into therapy. We're gonna talk about that tonight. Uh, I think that's all the more reason to get him on the show. I'd, wouldn't it be fun to talk to talk to yeah, Bobby P, Bobby P about uh, about SEL. Sure. I'd be interested. I would. I would too. All right, fellas. It is good to see you. And we are on the uh, eve of the eve of Thanksgiving, I think. Um, So I am thankful uh, to be still doing this show. We haven't gotten canceled. We still have a zillion (laughs) sponsors and things are, things are going great. Yay. All right. Brought to you by zip recruiter. Let's let's, before we get in, let, before we get into Bob Pondicia's work, um, let's talk a little Thanksgiving here. We're going to go around the room. Mr. Krabs, what is your go-to, uh, your go-to yeah, I got help, it. helping on Thanksgiving? It's, what, it's what, an, what do you have to have? 
it's an easy one for me. It hasn't changed since I was like eight, probably. All right. All right. It's, it's a classic, mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, so good. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I still put the mashed potatoes on the plate, and then I take my spoon and make a hole in the middle. Uh, you live a little volcano. And then, I, and then I make a little lake of gravy. All right. So let's talk about the gravy, gravy like, because your boy, your yeah. boy, uh, your boy over here is a yeah. non gravy guy. Uh, that is a big what? mistake. No, I, Robbie, I, Robbie Dizzle. I, uh, Robbie Dizzle does not like the gravy. I am, I am, I am a what? salt and pepper guy on the mashed potatoes. I am, I am, Mr. Craves. I am. You're, you're down away. with the gravy. Yeah. I, th- I, I don't think there's anything more overrated. On, oh on, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Oh, my God. Let me finish on the Senate. Let me finish. On the Let me finish. finish. <laughs> on the Thanksgiving meal, then one. Uh, no, gravy is gravy's the two seed. Uh, the one seed in overrated is cranberry sauce. No, the uh, one seed is easy. turkey. Yeah. One seed no, is turkey. Oh, turkey. Absolutely. I don't eat meat though, so here's it doesn't the, matter. But here's the caveat: yeah, turkey's, so you, turkey's good with gravy. <laughs> yeah, but turkey's all. Most people don't cook it right. It's always overcooked. It's dry. It's gross. This is true. Nah. This is true. Uh, yeah, it, it it does take a it does take a skilled chef to to get the turkey right. Okay, all right. So we got mashed potatoes and gravy for PC, Mr. Siddons. What do you, what's your go to? Uh, stuffing. Oh not in, yes, not, not in the you don't put it in the cavity of the turkey. It's it's just the regular oven baked stuffing. So good. Do you ever do you ever make stuffing outside of uh, Thanksgiving? No, no, no. no. All right, all right. Do you? Do you? you should uh, no, <laughs> but it's, you should. It's delicious. Next you should. Qu- next question. Uh corn casserole or green bean casserole? Green bean. Green bean. Mr. Sarah Rex. makes Sarah makes a wildly delicious green bean casserole. All right. What do you? What do you? What do you? That's I don't even know what. What, what, what do you, I don't even know what corn casserole is. Oh, corn casserole is money. It's pretty it, good. It, it's really good. Yeah, really good. I've never go heard of corn casserole. Yeah. What? I, okay, Crable's going with corn casserole. I. I it's a toss up for me. I, yeah, I have to have both. They're 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 delicious. You know, it's a Sidden's staple that you probably never heard of. What's that? rutabagas oh rutabagas yeah i know what rutabagas are yeah they my dad makes my dad it's a it's a grandma grace time tested recipe he makes all right so so that's uh that was my next question you you totally took it away no it's good it's good so in the in the crable clan or the siddons clan what is the unique offering that is made on thanksgiving i apologize for jumping the gun it's rutabagas so, it's rutabagas all right so that's the that's the tried and true past i down. never i never ate them as a child but as an adult I, I i've had them every year and they're amazing uh for us so we do it now with my wife's family every year and i, I think they might, this might have been cut a year or two ago because there was like 50 dishes and it just had to be uh scaled back but um it was sweet potatoes soaked in some sort of liquor like a brandy or a a whiskey of some sort some like one of those dark liquors and cooked and so they were they were they had the outer sugary you know kind of gravy on them 
and like just the hint of the whatever the alcohol was, but not you know in an unpleasant, not way. too strong, right? Yeah, yeah, those were pretty good, and I'd never had them before, but I, they were pretty tasty. All right, all right, okay. Two two Thanksgiving meal questions left. You ready? You know where I'm going with this. Dessert, Ooh. apple, apple or pumpkin? Not even, not even a question. Apple All pie. Right, go. Apple pie. Whoa! Ah, whoa! Uh, really? What? Not, not even a question. I won't even so, have a piece. I won't even eat the pumpkin pie. So growing up, it was apple pie for me because I just didn't, I didn't like pumpkin. And then my lovely wife made a homemade crust and homemade pumpkin pie. One of our first times she came up, I've been transformed. You're a you're a pumpkin guy. Yep, and now we get this. We have this bakery near us that makes a baklava crust, Ooh, um, pumpkin that's pie. Sad. That's just the way you said that. Was your so good? Say it, say it so again. Good. Say it again. Baklava. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It's, it's like a, a Greek flaky pastry dough. It's oh, a lot of butter. That, oh, that sounds good. Something, um, my, I, my, something my dad always makes is a, a pecan pie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. they Pretty say good. it in Scranton. They call it pe- pecan. Pe- pe- pecan pie. Pecan yeah. pie. I was going to say that way that the last minute I autocorrected for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Not sure What's your specialty, Dizzle? Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not really a food guy. And so I just did this. Whole I know space. that. But... <laughs> I just did this whole segment. Uh I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty straightforward and I'm, I'm pretty flexible. I, I would give the number one seed to pumpkin pie. I've always been a huge pumpkin pie fan. Although Mr. Graves, um, Fred Smoot, you remember Fred Smoot. He's of one course. of the, he's one of the funnier former, former athletes. That, party boat, uh, Fred Smoot. Yeah. yeah. Party boat, Fred Smoot. He, he went on a rant the other day on the radio about pumpkin pie. Um, he said that pumpkin is the one vegetable that, no one ever eats during the year <laughs> at all. So how can you justify making a pie out of it? It's a it's a great point he makes. It, yeah, it's a good it's a good it's a good point. But I love myself some pumpkin pie with whipped cream, and oh. and it and you you know my love of coffee. So after dinner, when I do the huge slice of pie with the whipped cream and my coffee, I am basically it's like I did a quaalude. <laughs> I'm just I'm in, I'm incoherent after that after the MSG or whatever's at the turkey. <laughs> I'm I'm out. So, all right. Last thing, uh, drink of choice. This is remember. This is a this is a, a kid friendly show. It's Ed's not dead, but your drink of choice as you're eating the meal. And C H sins. If you say water, it's, <laughs> you're <laughs> like a millennial. I just you're banned. Oh probably, man, probably probably just a little bit of red wine. I would say. Okay, a, a nice Chianti. <laughs> Yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I get Casey with your Scranton roots. I see a beer. I see some beer. Kind of a, it's, it's a beer. beer. It's yeah. a beer. It's an IPA, maybe some nice. No, I'm not a big fan. Heavy. Of it's like, like a pale okay. ale. A pale ale. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'll probably have a celebration. Ooh. I don't. Is that a is that a brand? It's a Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he- so heady, bro. It's my dad's favorite right now. So I probably you probably have a lot of those. The the teetotaler over here has no, <laughs> no knowledge of what you're talking. About. You have Coca Cola. <laughs> I, I I like I like iced tea during my Thanksgiving meal. 
that that I know it's kind of a summer thing, but uh, that's you were you drinking know. iced tea at the be- right before we started, weren't you? Yeah, I'm a big tea guy, so yeah. I pretty much I can't say it's exclusive to Thanksgiving. It's basically all the time. That and coffee. <laughs> all right, so we hope everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to come. I know. I don't know when awkward this transition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after thanksgiving hope is you have a good, good one had a good it's one. good it's no good. no crable you got it all right we'll get it out on all right, all right we'll get it out on wednesday okay because we're gonna because we're because we're doing a fast short show tonight yeah. so you're, you're you're not gonna have to do much editing all right marathon intro but then a fast show got it. all right so let's get into this piece. hold on no no before you before you do one thing okay jeez okay, jeez so our our friend over there at the top there, Mr. Casey Siddons, was recently quoted in an article. Mr. Time Guy over there, Liz Willen, editor in chief of the Heckinger Report, very influential uh, news reporting organization on education. It's true. Uh, yeah, interviewed both Casey and I. <laughs> it's true. But uh, only only uh, deigned one of our uh, quotes uh, to be quote worthy. So Casey, what the title of the article and what did what did you have to say? Well, I, I, I must, I must have said, Crable, you're a lot more smart, a lot more smarter than I am. So, uh, uh, I you probably said a lot of big, you probably said a lot of big words. Okay, can I ask a question? Why was it, I, I was not, was you, did you all just like, oh, you just, you just oh, leave, you were, left, you were, left me out. Uh, you, you didn't, you didn't get contacted? the call? I no, told them. That's, I definitely probably, said. Yeah. Oh, I, I told, Crable and I both talked and we were like, we should probably, we should definitely tell. That's weird to talk to Robbie. So, Robbie so let's Dr. then let, so then let's provide some context. So what was yes. this, who reached out to who and how was this scheduled <laughs> and how was I left out? Well, I mean, it, it is, it is, it is, I mean, it is, I guess, fair play because Crable and I left you out of a Johns Hopkins. <laughs> I know. So, like so I was literally Photoshopped out of a photo, like <laughs> the front page. <laughs> All right. So I guess I had it coming, but, but I want to know more. Tell me. Uh, so it's, it's an article about um, basically what do middle schoolers want? And the, the gist of the article, you is guys don't that. know Jack about middle school. <laughs> <laughs> they want a welcoming, safe place to learn. That's the byline. Right. And so there were, you know, she had a lot of good questions. She asked what's basically happening in your school. What are you doing to help support kids? And um, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing? You know, obviously some schools are having more challenges than others. And um, it was a good conversation. I didn't get a huge quote, but it was basically like, highlighting one of the cool things that we're doing, which is having mindfulness sessions for kids in the morning. Um, and the fact that our staff is, is, I think, I think our staff's doing going above and beyond to make sure that emotional support is there for kids. So that's why, that's why the Pondicio is a trigger (laughs) because of the mindfulness sessions. It's all freaks out when somebody goes again. Well, that's good, Mr. Siddons. Good job. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good quote. Check it out. Well, Casey yeah. retweeted. I don't know if Ed's, Ed's not dead. Do we retweet it or anything? I, I I I commented at one point, being like, "Hey, while you're here, <laughs> while you're here, retweeting this a thousand times by AMLE." Is this the um, same? Is this the same writer that? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Is this the same writer that used the quote from me that? Um, large school systems have a way of. Uh, what was my quote? Of, of, I don't think of, she did individuals of destroy no, destroying initiatives. Uh, I don't think she go. did. Is that is that is it the same person? No, I don't think so. Okay, because that was what the one that was on Project Success and um, that was in the Heckinger report. 
Yeah, different, 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 different reporter. Yeah, different yeah. reporter. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we got connected through Phyllis Fagel, who's um, connected with Liz in another capacity, and you know, it was good. Good, good old Phyllis. She's a connector. She's awesome. She is. All right. Well, good job, Mr. Siddons. Check it out. Tweet it. I will. At Ed's not dead. PC. Come on. I want to. I want to. I want to see it since I was completely left out in the cold. I guess I. I have no claim anymore, right? To middle school. Yeah, I don't think it's, so. It's very 2015. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. All right. Articles. What'd you say? Your time article. has passed. Uh, my time has passed. Oh, with middle that, school. That's bold. I'm messing. I'm messing. I know you are. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of mindfulness, and now, Mr. Siddons, as we get into this piece. I know I would, you're good. Do you, would, want, are you, do you have the talking piece? I would like you. I'm going to hand you the talking piece through the Zoom screen, and you are going to model or at least practice some of the strategies and techniques that you are using with your students. Great. Because I have a sense that this might be a trigger. All right. <laughs> that's great. That's great. All you're, right. Not, you're being a little patronizing. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's, that's, you do you. You do you. I, you know what? It's funny. I didn't even realize I, I was being patronized. I know. That's usually <laughs> the case. It comes so uh, naturally. Uh, it's, uh, so, it's so natural. Not everyone's on board with turning schooling into therapy. So our friend, uh, friend, of the, friend of the pod, friend of Ed's Not Dead, Robert Pondicio. Uh, has this piece in what is this fly paper? Oh no, it's the Thomas it, B. Fordham, it's the Fordham Institute. Institute. Is it their blog? It's a blog. Yes, and okay. it's it's linked to, to a further, more in-depth white paper, which is mostly could be used for wiping down tables. All right. So aside from uh, the longer piece, uh, he starts off by setting the stage that SEL has been a part of education since the time of Plato. Um, but then, of course, he includes a but. And um, the, the, the point of his piece is that SEL has been promoted by its enthusiasts, enthusiasts as intertwined, even inseparable from the academic mission of school. But it actually risks heralding a significantly different vision for public education, one that blithely declares settled a century-old debate between traditional and progressive or, quote-unquote, whole-child approaches to schooling. So he sets the stage that this is really, again, in the – I mean, he, he, he puts it firmly in the educational culture wars, in, in my mind, in that line. Um, traditional versus progressive. And yes. so he, 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 he lumps this into the progressive camp um, and then goes on to um, talk more extensively about uh, some of the, some of the risks involved with it. He talks about parent ambivalence, if not outright hostility um, and, and says the parents are, are uncomfortable with it and should focus on academics and leave social, emotional learning to parents and others. Um, and then he says the, the, another great danger is the potential to stigmatize children from disadvantaged subgroups whom teachers may be encouraged to see as trauma victims. Because if you didn't know, Bob Pondicio will tell you that he taught in the inner city and he knows just what, <laughs> just what students in urban areas need. Right. Um, so, uh, 
and then and then he basically talks about teachers who did not get into the field uh, to focus on SEL. They got into the field to teach content, to be teachers of content, and that they um, are unprepared for this kind of um, endeavor and may, in fact, unintentionally hurt kids in the process, being expected to do something that they're not prepared to do. So it's pretty clear that Robert Pondicio is not a fan of SEL. Um, and he what tells you that? He thinks that um, he thinks that it is it's the latest latest scourge. Um, what were you, what were you, before we before I ask you guys where you are on this? What was the piece that we talked about that one time that was similar to this that he thought was a, a scourge? Remember, it was another. It was another. I mean, he modern, writes a lot about CRT and and things like that, which is maybe it, maybe know. maybe it was CRT. Anyway, all right, SEL, does it have a place? And I'm zooming out, and I know Crable's going to bring it bring it tighter for us, but it does it have a place in public ed? I, I think if you, if, if he, if Mr. Pondicio knew what SEL was, and if you've walked into a school, let's just say middle school, that's where I'm at. If you've walked into a middle school in the last 15 years, and you've actually experience the life of a teacher, you would know that it has a place in schools. You would have a better understanding of what actual SEL is in, 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 an, in action in a school. What is and it? Would, what is it? No, I don't want to cut you off, but what is it? Just like I, really, I'm being honest. Yeah. Define it. What, how do you define it? And also give us some examples of, of what it, what it is and should be. It's, I see it as, helping students focus on managing their themselves, managing their emotions, their decisions, making appropriate decisions, um, supporting the relationships that they have interpersonally with other students, supporting their relationships with teachers, fellow uh, and staff members, and just being more socially aware um, in their day-to-day lives. So you don't see it as therapy per se. It 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 has literally nothing to do with therapy. Okay. All right. Is it is it a class or does it happen um, organically? organically. <laughs> that that's a good question. Yeah, I think I think for schools that have a, an advisory period or homeroom period, it can be something that teachers can facilitate and support in those specific advisory classes. But it's also something that I've done myself as a classroom teacher where it's embedded in your instruction and the questions you're asking and the support that you're providing kids. So I was um, going to, I was going to ask you when you taught project success, you and the great uh, rising star once upon a time, ginger Berry had a, had a daily routine that you followed. Um, it, that we would, had a daily routine, but we also, right. we, we specifically in, embedded tenants of SEL. No, we not. We, I don't know if we, knew it at the time necessarily. I don't know that we were deliberately looking out for resources, but um, there we had, we knew that we had to, given we had to spend half the day with each other, we had to, we had to do things that were different than the secondary environment that were going to help students and staff us support the relationships in the classroom, help students manage their time and the, and the structures that we have in place and, and be, just be able to work well together. So, and the data know, shows that it was effective. 
Oh yeah. And, your, your data was top notch there, Mr. Sins. So, yeah. And, and, I, and I, you I, had climate data that supported it too, not just yeah. academic data. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had, you, you had both because you yeah. survey you surveyed the kids and we actually, I surveyed the kids, um, <laughs> sorry, about about their perceptions of the classroom environment. You'll recall uh-huh. that was a survey that we provided. And there were there were several very SEL oriented questions in that survey. Um, and they were very positive. The results were. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Mr. Grapes. Yeah, I mean, I think what I was going to say was um, I think like many things in education and um, maybe even even more so with, um, I don't even know if this is a progressive idea, but I'll go ahead and just label it a progressive idea. It can be unclear exactly what it is and it becomes a catch-all phrase for everything without being what it is. And so, although like a lot of, you know, what um, is discussed in the article, I think is drawing conclusions that are erroneous and are like a step too far. I mean, I think one one line in particular that stuck out to me was, you know, what is SEL and what are we pushing without a full and appropriate discussion of its priorities, role, and methods? And I think that's a valid point. I think a discussion on what it is, a universal definition of what it is, um, why it's helpful, and like kind of what it looks like in the classroom is a valid point and should be happening. My fear is that... Um, it's a class and it's like, Hey, we're doing SEL or it's SEL Friday. Let's do SEL Friday. And nobody really knows what that is. And, you know, there's maybe you purchase a curriculum or maybe somebody's making lessons or whatever, but there's no overarching plan or purpose per se, I guess. And I, the reason I asked if it's a class was just for that reason. Cause I do think there's, there's a place for all those things that you mentioned helping kids learn to navigate societal structures, school structures, kid to kid relationships, kid to adult relationships, all that I think is valid and important, but to like create a class and be like, this is SEL time or whatever. uh, You know, I don't know. I do have questions about that and its validity because I do think that it's, it does risk the, the, the chance of becoming therapeutic. It basically becomes like a group therapy session, um, and well, no, it doesn't become that, but it, it's more, it's closer to that than everything else that Casey described. And so I think that, um, we should be having a discussion about it and whether and what it is, and people should be able to like opt in or out based on the priorities of the school and the school district, um, and the needs in the needs and the wants of the community. I, I disagree with that. I think, um, I don't think we can have, we can allow for families and kids to opt out of something as fundamental as helping kids navigate the the spaces that we have them operate with other kids. 30, um, 30 so here, 30 years ago, when before this was, let, I just made up a number, before there was the label of SEL, the things that you're describing happening, were they happening in schools? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think they were. I think teachers have always played an integral role in forming relationships with kids and mentoring them informally, formally, tutoring, like whatever, you know, in in many different roles, teachers play incredibly important um, roles in the lives of kids and parts in the lives of kids. You know, I, I, so I think none of that, like regardless of whether you call it social emotional learning or not, I think all that stuff continues to happen. And I'm not talking about like individuals opting in or out. 
I'm just, I guess I'm referring to more of like a program, programmatic, you know, pillar of education being social emotional learning and just having a conversation about that. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you, Peter. I, I get confused about SEL and kind of its current state as a catch all because sometimes I ask the question to myself. I, I suspect this. Um, is SEL, is the intent of SEL really to improve the culture and climate of a school, student behavior, discipline, those kinds of things? Or is it intended to help individual students grapple, grapple with, for example, early adolescence, which you two are focused on as middle school leaders? I mean, sometimes I think SEL is used as a way to say <laughs> we've got we've got students that are that are not behaving, frankly. So we maybe buy a curriculum, like you said, Mr. Crables, like a like a second step, um, and and try to teach kids um, how to interact with you with one another, how to build relationships, how to interact with adults. And, and that, that to me, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that. But um, I think that, I think that goes, I think that misconstrues what SEL actually is in a, in a, in a, in a I, I, when you mentioned second step, that's like, like alternative placement strategies for, for teaching kids how to behave in a way that's not reflective of SEL from the best that I can understand. But if you, if you're, I, I'd but, like but to, it's, if, if I can zoom it's, out, if, it's if I can used zoom out under, but it is used as an SEL, it, it falls under the SEL banner it, and it, and it's sold as an SEL approach without I'm Googling. I, I don't know that, but I, I, I would just to, to zoom out a little bit. If all we, th- if, if we think that schools are meant to only teach content, then then we're going to disagree on on this but that, very. But ground. that's extreme thinking. That's not what Mr. Crable said. Well, as uh, if I may continue, if you look at the evaluation systems from like the national boards and other other things like that, what is what what are teachers what are teachers expected to do, and what are they evaluated by? If you look at one standard one for for our for the school system in which we work, standard one teachers are committed to students and their learning. Criteria F, the teacher extends their mission beyond the academic growth of students. That's number one. And if you go and you look at the National Board for Teaching Standards, which is something that I did myself as a teacher, teachers know their mission transcends the cognitive development of their students. So it, it's not just a, 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 a whether it's a canned curriculum that you want to criticize, that's fine. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm certainly not advocating for a, a, an eighth period, a ninth period that would be social emotional learning. But I think you can't have effective classroom instruction without students who know how to work with each other and have an awareness of how other people work and how, how the teacher works in, in orchestrating group work. You can't have effective instruction if students don't know how to manage the decision-making and manage their time and manage the way in which they interact with other kids in the class. I just, it just doesn't happen that way. But, and they, so but much- they, do, they do know how to do those things when they get to you. 98% of kids know how to do those things when they get to you. You're not, it's not like they're the, they're, they're blank slates when they're walking into middle school, they've done all of those things in many instances, all through elementary school. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, 
you keep saying that if they don't know how, well, they do know, they do already have a lot of those. I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to bills. say that they don't know how to, I'm, I'm not suggesting that they're blank slates. And I think that's kind of silly for you to assume that I'm saying that I'm not trying to posit that they're blank slates coming into seventh grade saying that they don't know anything. Come on. You, you know me long enough that that's not something that I'm positing. Well, you just said they need to learn how to interact with each other. Well, it, they, it's, with the it's a fostering. It's a fostering of of how teachers do different things. We have teachers go or students go from seven different classes. They're not all teaching the same. We have to learn, help them learn how to navigate in different learning environments and learn with uh, and work with different adults. Yeah. What about the What about the role of parents? I mean, that's that's out of our control. We can't control what parents do or don't do. So then, so then we we make the assumption that 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 something that maybe historically a parental role we we need to do it uh, we, we or, make or, or, we or make a, the assumption that t- that students need to learn physical education and, and health and family health and family life we make the assumption that they need to learn certain things in english class and certain classic novels and we make the assumption all the time assumptions. But, but is there any is there any limit to those assumptions that we make I, I guess I'm getting to the what what is the purpose? And I think Pondicio is 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 asking this, aside from his dumb progressive versus traditional <laughs> dichotomy, that that, you know, what is the purpose of schooling? And I, I think to Crable's point, there's a there is a there is a question about um whether this really this really fits. If if I if I can um I have the, there's an organization called C A S E L which is the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. And they, they're an organization that um, has a lot of really great resources for what SEL actually is. And I pulled one up that I wanted to share with you about one of the, the, the pieces that is like in a classroom environment is about self-management, right? And I, I just want to read a couple of things that they talk about in, in the abilities to manage one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors effectively in different situations and to achieve goals and aspirations, such as identifying and using stress management strategies, exhibiting self-discipline and self-motivation, setting personal and collective goals, using planning and organizational skills, showing the courage to take initiative. Now, I don't know about you all or the listeners, there's nothing controversial in those particular bullet points about what we are trying to have kids to do. And, and if you ask me, I've seen that in every, almost every single classroom that I've observed in my, in my time period, observing teachers, setting goals. Uh, and, and if you look at stress management strategies, something that counselors work with teachers on or uh, students on, um, what do you do when you're trying to, when you're trying to plan out and map out a long-term project and be organized and plan out your, your attack on writing a long-term essay? Um, those are all embedded in the curriculum that we're already teaching. How, how, how is goal setting social, emotional learning? It doesn't, it's not, it's not inherently social or emotional. It's uh, to me, it's, it's, it's an executive skill that doesn't really have anything to do with psychosocial development, in my opinion. I, I I didn't create Castle. I have no idea. I'm not the executive, and I know you're trying know, to needle you, me. You, and you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to pick you're trying to pick specific things out that put that show a chink in the armor. Right? I'm not I'm not anti I'm not anti SEL, I, and I and I'm not I'm not buying it. And and I and listen, <laughs> no offense to my no offense to my second step friends. I did not criticize second step. I actually used it as a principle. 
I wasn't um, criticizing. I, I, but you said that I, I, I ragged on some canned program. I, I didn't. I didn't uh, say you ragged on it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> a, anyway, I, I, I was trying to get at, um, you know, you were once upon a time a big Fred Jones tools for teaching guy. I still am. I know you are. And I, yeah. and I, and I, you know, I think, I think all of those things have a, have a place. Um, I, I do agree with, with Mr. Craves though, that I think there, I think there is confusion at the school level and at the system level about what it is and how to do it. And I, agree. I, 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 and I just, you know, I, I listen, I think Pondicio has a lot of nerve to talk about SEL when we're coming out of a pandemic and it's pretty clear that kids need a lot of support right now. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think he's, he's, you know, he's pretty gutsy for putting it out there because I, at this time, I do think that we should be doing some explicit support of kids in, in this area. Can, can I, can I add an addendum to that? Now that you mention it is another thing I was looking up is the, I, I picked on the topic of relationship skills and there's, I, there's pieces of this that like I listen to the news where I, I check through Twitter and I, I rage scroll through t- Twitter and all the things that are happening in our world and the ways in which we hope that, you know, schools are aspirational places. We, we, we hope we, we teach and, and, and have students work with one another in ways in which we hope that they will do in the real world. And the things that for this relationship skills, we, the, the things that they could work on them with is demonstrating cultural pr- competency, um, practicing teamwork and collaborative problem solving, resolving conflicts constructively, resisting negative social pressure, showing leadership in groups. I, I, I fail to understand um, someone like Pondicio's issue with this other than trying to have a byline that gets clicks and retweets with the, with the right wing and Fox news media crowd, which gives me pain. <laughs> I mean, so, and you know, I think there's nothing for me, you know, there's nothing about anything you said. And even prior to this, that like, I find inherently um, like evil about SEL, you know, I mean, I think everything that you've said, it's like, yeah, 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 let's do that. And again, I think my questions, not even, I don't have a resistance, I, but I do have questions, is that it, it, it seems to have come about pretty recently. And then it's one of those education ideas that happens every couple of years that um, is going to f- solve X problem. Yeah. And I think in this case, coming out of the pandemic, SEL is going to solve, it's going to like, it's going to help kids it's going to fix kids not about fix kids but you know it's it's like the answer and it, it's kind of hard, tough to have the answer when like most teachers almost all like have never probably thought about a lot of it and explicitly taught it even more so when you put it as a like a, a standalone class or time sure. so again again my my hesitancy about the all-in approach on social emotional learning has more to do with this application is a panacea to solve like the last two years and all the, you know, everything that every kid has gone through and every adult has gone through as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of adults are not in like a better place <laughs> to help kids navigate these conflicts they are struggling themselves too. So, you know, again, going back to the original points, like, okay, just pump the brakes a little bit, define it better so that everybody's kind of on board. 
you know, and honestly, as I thought about it, it's like all that stuff would be great in like teacher education programs or in like ongoing professional development programs. Like it's something that you have to build as a skill as a teacher and more veteran teachers, I think, do that stuff inherently because they know it works. They never called it that. They may not even call it now, but they're they're building community. They're building relationships. They're teaching kids to be independent and solve conflicts or doing all that stuff. Yeah. So I guess, again, going back, it's just like, well, let's just, again, this conversation should be happening in schools and school districts about making sure that they know what it is that they're selling to families and that it's what they want. And that like when it comes from the top down that, you know, the people that are implementing it, teachers know what it is and how to do it. What about, what about what kids want? We haven't at, we haven't talked at all about what kids want. <laughs> we have, have you have you have you talked to a sixteen or seventeen year old about what they want and how? It, it's as, fu- it's funny that it's funny you mentioned that because you know uh, without mentioning like schools or anything like, but you, you talk to kids about how they feel about certain things, initiatives in schools, and it goes to something you've talked about, Doctor Dodd, um, and I don't I'm going to butcher things that you've said in the past, but um, basically like when you're trying to implement something at scale, how it gets bastardized by, uh, I don't want to say bastardized, maybe this is not a good word, but like at least not implemented with fidelity. Right. And we talk about something like project success that like moving it up to scale, you're going to lose some of the, the, the beauty of the original program, the beauty of the original draft. And I, I don't know, I, I, I'd be interested to think what you think about it. Well, the, well, the beauty of the original program was you and you and Ginger and Kelly Phillips genius in being as close to the kids as possible. I I'm a big believer in the best initiatives in public ed originate closest to kids. And that's right. why I asked the question about what kids want. Right. Uh, because I do think in certain settings, for example, and, and I'm not, you know, we have to make decisions on behalf of eight-year-olds. I mean, that's what we get paid to do. Right. But I do think for 17-year-olds, there's a good, there's a good discussion to have here because, you know, as David Bowie says, they're quite aware of what they're going through. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, but, but we don't, we don't do that. And, and some of the stuff that we do at the high school level with kids that, that, like an SEL initiative, they don't love. Yeah. Um, and, they, they and, think it's patronizing and they think yeah, it's right. And, and I, I, and I say the piece about moving to something to scale because you, we have this idea that's how where you lose it. something with you lose it there, yeah, but yeah, like you, but, but you know that there are teachers in high school who are, who would get a lesson and they would teach it with fidelity and the kids would get a lot out of it because they have, positive relationships with it and they're in it, they're buying in, it's good. And then you have someone who just re- reads the slides and just goes through it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no argument here. I'm with you. All right. Uh, Casey, you've got to get, you've got to get Robert Pundisi on the show. <laughs> we got, we I'll, got I'll let, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to the co-scheduler, whoever that is. <laughs> come on. And he would love to come back on the ND. Yeah, I know. He would. He, I know he would. he would. All right. Uh, so the piece is, What's it called again, Mr. Krabs? Not everyone's on board with turning schooling into therapy. And um, you can check it out at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute Advancing Educational Excellence, which that's what they say. We might disagree. With. <laughs> um, all right. When we come back, we've got a quiz and then we are going to wrap things up for this episode of Ed's Not Dead. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back to Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm still joined by my illustrious co-hosts, C.H. Siddons and Mr. Crable. Hey. As always, Ed's Not Dead is brought to you by Pulp Education, a full-service educational media company specializing in leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. As the show slips by, we are that much closer to a Thanksgiving holiday. We talked about food. Tell me you guys aren't. I'm thinking about it now. I hadn't so excited about it, but I am big time. I I, I don't think I've ever looked forward to. I'm just and then and then kudos to our school system. For the first time in my 28 years, we have the Wednesday off, which is just it's a game changer. Tell me it's not a game changer. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. uh, It is that time of the show. It is quiz time. (laughs) Play the music. All right, go. (laughs) Um, You know, it's interesting, uh, Mr. Crable, uh, a colleague colleague of mine um, who's a wonderful teacher, wonderful leader, he was listening to the pod and he thought that your name actually was Crabes. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> because we say it so much yeah yeah that's funny that is I'm, pretty I'm just mr graves do you do you do you think that's, i'm just now gonna get it that's making me laugh mr Krabs. um mr crabs do it mr crabs do it mr crabs spongebob uh so there was uh, there was something I was going to say about. That. I have a quiz for you all. Are you okay, ready? All right. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Come on. Then. Let's Mr. let's wrap. So last last quiz you tied oh, I, after I, after after no, a, a ridiculous amount no. of bonus questions. No, I thought I won in the bonus round. No, no, it was a tie. Okay. Yeah, that was, was that was like there was like right. ten bonus questions. Uh, producers, can we check the tapes? Hold on. Yeah, we're gonna look. Oh, it was me. Oh, yeah. it was. Yeah, it, it was. Totally it was. was. I just checked. No. Yeah. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, it was a tie. So anyway, Crable, you're up for the first set of three questions. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. It's multiple choice. And this time you only have three choices. Okay. Okay. Number one, Wisconsin governor blank oh. called for peace on the streets after the jury and the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse found him not guilty on all charges. A, Kevin Stitt, B, Tony Evers, C, Tim Waltz. Uh, in all honesty, I thought it was still Scott Walker, so I'm probably that, five he's, years he's, late on no, that. Oh my one. god! And I and I see the I see the distractor in there. Stitt is Oklahoma. Ooh. Oh, thank, thank you. Look at that. That's the one I was going to. I was going to say that one. I was like, no, that's, that's familiar. That was your lifeline. What, what were the other two? Tony Evers, Evers, and C. Tim Waltz. Let's go with that guy. Tim Waltz is incorrect. It's Tony Evers or Evers, whatever his name is. Um, and number two, Interior Secretary Deb Holland moved to ban the word blank from all federal lands, ordering that replacement names be selected for sites that use the word. Is it A, Redskin, P, B, Pow Pow, or C, Squaw? I'm going to go with Squaw. That is correct, Mr. Crabes. Well done. Yeah. Boo. I had to look into it. Number three, the House of Representatives passed the $1.75 trillion Build Back Better Act even after House Minority Leader Blank delayed the vote with an eight-hour-long speech. Is it A, Kevin McCarthy, B, 
Kevin McCarthy. Mitch McConnell. That was, that was an easy come, one. Come All right. Come it was on, correct. Come on. Kevin yeah, McCarthy. No, what, what, this, this, two this is, out of three. This is that rigged. First, that first one was tough. Okay. That was a tough the, one. It was the governor of Wisconsin. Hey, by the um, way, I, by the way, I was on. Um, I had a cameo in the Putnam on the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee musical on Friday night. <laughs> Did you? In front of Whoa. 750 people. And let me tell you, fellas. Is it nerve wracking? Your boy was sitting up on the stage and my hands were literally soaking oh. wet. I was so <laughs> nervous. What was your cameo? I had to spell the word orange. <laughs> Did you? Spell it and then I had to spell the word Gardilu. Oh, I never heard of that. <laughs> Gardelou. And then I just spelled potatoes. And then I got then I got kicked off. But I made it I made it the longest of the cameo contestants. Okay. Nice. Um yeah, so it was it was Were your armpits anyway. like faucets or oh it was it was so it was so awful. Now I know. I have such respect for not only the artistry of student performers, but their courage. It, it, it is when you're up on the big stage in a big auditorium and you look out, it's woo. I, I can, I can, I, I know why people freeze up. All right. What do you got? Give me the All three. Right, what did, 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 did Crable go three for three? Two out of three. Two. Okay. And, and as meatloaf, once I left said, you some breathing room. And it, as, meatlo- it, it, as meatloaf once said, two out of three. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Number one. That was Cra- pretty good. Craves. <laughs> how'd you pull that? Sometimes I lightning strikes. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really never find a diamond ring in the bottom of a, Cracker Jack box. <laughs> that's right. That's from that song. Oh, okay. number anyway, one protests across the continent of blank over new COVID restrictions turned violent over the weekend. Is it a Asia B Africa or C Europe? Uh, Africa. Incorrect. It's actually Europe. Uh, if you, they're, they're, it, yeah, it's getting kind of crazy out there. Number two, a judge okay. exonerated two men who have been falsely convicted for the 1965 assassination of black rights leader blank. Malcolm X. New evidence was Malcolm X. uncovered. Malcolm X. That is correct. Malcolm X. Number three, more than 500 people were hospitalized for blank bites in Egypt due to storms and flooding that forced the arachnids out into streets and homes. Is it a tarantula B black widow spider or C Scorpion. I'm going to kill this one. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's hear you it. better know this one, Bug Boy. <laughs> bug Boy. Okay. I don't know how I got that one. Maybe bug Lizard Boy. Lizard Boy. Uh, l- lizard boy. boy. Sorry. <laughs> lizard uh, that, would, that would be C Scorpions. That's correct. Why were you so oh, excited to look answer at that? that? Hey, uh, he gets Kevin McCarthy and I get a rack. Well, see, look at that. Right. Spread the wealth it's, out. It's, too, it's now it's, it's tied again. All right. Let's <laughs> let's do a bonus round. Oh my god. All right. So uh Crable, you get the first one and then Dodd, you get the second one. You ready? Or do you want to flip it? You want to flip no, it? No, no, no. Stay stay like it is. All right. All right. Like number nine. Well, not number nine, number nine overall. Anyway. Um <laughs> all right. Crable, your bonus one. The high school football team at the California School for Blank completed its season undefeated and won its division championship for the first time ever. Is it A, the California School for A, the deaf, B, the blind, or C, indigenous youth? Oh, that's a hard one. I think I I know it, though. I'm going to go with A, the uh, California School for the deaf. A is correct. Oh, Oh, God, I knew that. 
right. That's Crable plus one. Congratulations. Right. Congratulations to them. So Dr. loud Dodd. in your type, Casey. Sorry, Dr. Dodd. This one's for you. A self-portrait by renowned female artist Blank sold for a record thirty-four million dollars. <laughs> okay. This is Robbie's specialty. I you're okay. I know right. this is going. Go ahead. <clears throat> sold for a record thirty-four million dollars in auction. Is it A, Georgia O'Keefe, B, Mary Cassatt, or C Frida Kahlo? Good luck. Well, with that I, one. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's not Georgia O'Keefe. Uh, let's get, read the question again one more time. Self-portrait by renowned female artist Blank sold for a record $34 million at auction. Okay, you're making it sound like the artist is alive. I did not say that. Okay, all right. <clears throat> and um, it's not in the question at all. So Give me give me the names again. George O'Keefe. George O'Keefe, Mary Cassatt, or C. Frida Kahlo. <sighs> Just pick one, man. As good a choice as any. I feel a lot of, I feel a lot of pressure here. Uh, what's the score of the Giants game right now, Mr. Craig? 17 10. Oh, my goodness. Oh, who's winning the match? Pop. Good. good. We need, we need, we need the Bucks to win that, Mr. Craig. It's in the first period. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, uh, I'm going, I'm going A, George O'Keefe. Incorrect. It's Frida oh, Kahlo. Ah, uh, see, I would have guessed Kahlo. that just because Casey's daughter is named Frida. See, Crable knew. Crable knew. Anyway, so uh, that means that Crable is plus one on that one and, and wins this round. I get to keep the trophy at my house for two weeks. You get to keep the trophy that everybody gets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, that was, I got harder questions. We know that. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Mr. Krabs. Thank well you. done. All right. Um, as always, that's not dead is brought to you by pulp education, a full service educational media company specializing in leadership instruction and 21st century school reform. Check out the pod and all things pod, uh, at the website, Ed's not dead.com and, uh, follow Casey or Peter at Ed's not dead PC. Cause I have nothing to do with the Twitter account. <laughs> um, and Mr. Siddons, one last time, give us uh, give us that piece that you were in the Heckinger Report. How can people Ooh, find it? Yes, if you go to Heckinger Report and you search for Siddons, I'm sure it'll. Tell you, if you Google those, both those things, my name will probably come up. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, you're getting to, you're getting to, you're getting to be pretty chummy with it. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good relationship. She's a good writer. I think they have a good, a good uh, publication there. If you ask me. Good. And, and thanks to friend of the pod, Phyllis Fagel for right. hooking, hooking you up. I agree. All right. Uh, in the spirit, uh, fellas of Thanksgiving, this is season. I've lost track. Season five, five. I cannot believe it. Season five, um, doing the show for our listeners. I hope it, I hope it feels as easy and comfortable and fun to listen to us as I have doing the show with you guys. I am, eternally grateful that we've gotten to do this together over the years. Absolutely. I agree. I yeah. agree. Are we, are we at the section of the pod where we're doing take backs, apologies and compliments? Cause this is it. All right, let's do it real quick. Let's <laughs> run. We got to run through it fast though. Oh, I, I think you just did it. I, I, I agree. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with every word you said. I think it's well, what would that uh, have we, constituted? We, a, well, we an apology. That. No, that's a, that's a, that's a compliment. We, okay. we, we, we intended to bring in a conversation that we had by ourselves that was fruitful and fun and cool and engaging about education and something that is usually or can be pretty boring if you listen to the other podcasts out there. So nice. I appreciate you guys 
for for doing this every every few weeks and i appreciate our listeners for for sticking with us and joining the conversation yeah they have they have stuck with us now the funnest part of the show the crable has to emote let's let's (laughs) let's let's see (laughs) let's see if he can do it it's going to be a challenge mr sid i i feel hungry That's a single single tear. Come on, I, doctor. Come on, Doctor Spock. Give us I, like, <laughs> give us something warm and fuzzy. Dr. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what am I supposed to add? You guys already said all the feels. Uh, yes. No. I I'm very grateful. <laughs> Look how uncomfortable He's, it is. So uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Uh, yes, for the two of you, and that we get to do this, and uh, every every other week or however, however often we do it. Um, and you know, again for. I think if nobody was listening, we would probably still do it. I think we uh, would. True. <laughs> we would. We would. But it, it's it makes it all the better. Um, just that people do listen, and occasionally around town, you'll get somebody that remarks on a an episode or something, or um, you know, so it's, it's very rewarding to feel like oh, you're doing something, or you wrote something, or said something that people listen to that was meaningful. So, you know, thanks to everybody that's listening because it makes it even even more worthwhile. It's true. Well said. Um, that's a take. That's an apology uh, on Mr. Crable's <laughs> Mr. Crable's ability to emote. It's a, uh, okay. A, a, a colleague of mine uh, tuned in. Another colleague of mine, and she said, "I listened to your podcast, but I didn't get through mu- uh, uh, much of it right away because you were just talking about things to start the show." But I liked oh. it. It was good. I think the the talking section's gotten bigger and bigger. And is it, it, every it, week it's, it's it, growing. It are we getting Are we getting negative feedback on that part of the show? No, no, that was positive. That was positive. Okay. She was All like, right. I, I I didn't have time in my commute to listen to the whole episode, but I'm going to. Right. Well, we may we balance it out with a highly intense Robert Pundicia discussion. So That's there's true. That's there's true. there's that. All right. Thanks for listening. As Mr. Crabe said, we appreciate um, the years of dedication to Ed's Not Dead. Spread the word about the show as always. And this will be out by Thanksgiving. So listen to the episode while you are kicking back and watching football or getting some well-deserved time off. For Casey and Peter, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. See you, fellas.